Hello everyone, this is Art Gelwicks, and I'd like to welcome you to this episode of Being Productive. Now each episode we explore concepts, techniques, and tools that will help you work less and accomplish more. Now since we're trying to be efficient as well as effective, let's go ahead and get started. Hey everyone, it's Art again. Just want to talk this time about a problem that I see with a lot of my clients, and it's a challenge they run into frequently, and it's often a challenge they aren't even aware they have, and that's having duplicated tool functionality in their environments. Let's take this example. If you were to think about all the tools that you have available to you at work, how many of those tools do the same jobs. They overlap in capability. Or for example, you have functionality that's duplicated between multiple platforms. Or worst case, you're paying for similar services to multiple different vendors. You'd be surprised. It's much more common than you'd think where you have deployments of solutions within a business or within an operation and they wind up overlapping. Uh, if you think about a Venn diagram, the circles overlap pretty heavily at times. So you're paying twice for one set of functionality. So how do you mitigate this? How do you get rid of this problem? With my clients, I normally recommend going through a five-step process. Now it's more involved than what I'm going to outline for you here, but I'm going to take you through the top, the high level of the five steps. First, you identify a use case. Now, the use case I'm going to use for this example today is task tracking or task management. That's your top level use case. And if you wanted to follow along with this, you'd lay out a grid, write that at the top of the page, task tracking. Easy enough. Uh, if you want to use a spreadsheet, you can do that. That's fine. Now that you have that use case defined, you need to define what task tracking actually means. Why is this so important? If it's just you doing the analysis, maybe you're a solopreneur, you're an entrepreneur, uh, you're a one-person shop, that's great. You can go through and ask yourself your own questions and be able to move through it very quickly. But if you have multiple people involved in your conversation, it is really, really important that everybody be working from the same ruler, or in this case, from the same definition as to what task tracking needs to entail and accomplish. Once you have that first step done and everyone is in agreement as to what you're evaluating the solutions on, second, you then have to identify every tool that you have that you think can do that job. Not does the tool initially not if it's designed to do that, not if it was sold to do that, not if it was built to do that. That's not the question. The question is to look at the tool and say, could this tool do this job? Based on my understanding of this job and this tool right now, do I think it's possible to accomplish this? Again, I'm not asking you to evaluate based on the quality of its possible success. We're just trying to create that list of options. I usually put that across the top of the grid. Third, 
running down the left side, I list every function that that use case needs to successfully execute. So if we talk about task tracking, well, it's the, the tool needs to be able to track the start date, the end date, who it's assigned to, the duration, the details, the checklist items, the follow-up items, related tasks, and so on and so on and so on. By plugging all of that in down that left side, what I've done is I've created a grid that allows me to compare solution to function. And that's the fourth step. Now I go through and I mark at each intersection point for the tool, each tool, whether or not it can do that function. The last step is I add a row at the bottom indicating the cost for that tool for part of my comparison, because cost is a critical factor. Just because something can do everything, if it's well outside your budgetary requirements, it's not a viable option. So it has to be considered part of that criteria. So now you've gone through this exercise. You have this grid of comparison of functionality versus tools. What have you learned? Do you see that you have multiple tools overlapping in similar capabilities? Or have you found that there are certain features that you just can't do without? Often those are the ones that show up as you're evaluating and during those conversations, everyone starts to say, hey, no, we have to have that. It has to do that. Those are the kinds that you start to highlight and say, well, if it doesn't have this, it's a non-starter. This whole process gives you an excellent oversight into what you have available versus what you actually need. And in many cases, I would say the vast majority of my customers will find that they already have the tools for 70 to 80% of what they need, if not more. But because they have never gone through and looked at what those tools can actually do based on the requirements of what they need them to do, they've never connected the dots. Now, because you've taken some time to listen to this episode, I'm going to give you some pro tips. One, I suggest you add rows in of functions around things such as collaboration or cloud support or mobile friendly, just to make sure you don't miss something that you're going to need in the long run. If you have a business that requires people to be outside the office, you may decide that, you know, this tool really, whatever the solution is, really needs to be mobile friendly. That should be one of your evaluation criterias. Even if you don't need that right now, that's a perfect example of something that you need to plan for in the future. And if you use that as a criteria early in the process, it allows you to benchmark that and say, oh, okay, this tool does not have, is not mobile friendly. It's even though it meets all the other criteria, it's going to be really difficult to meet that requirement should it come up. I'm not sure I want to include it in my final solution. Second, instead of using a yes or no in the check boxes or in the grid itself, and you could use a check mark, same thing. I recommend actually using a scoring system. Sometimes it's just as simple as a one to a three where one is a very weak implementation of that particular requirement by that tool, uh, up to a three, which is a very strong implementation of that particular requirement. By doing that, it gives you the opportunity to then total those scores to give you a much more 
accurate assessment as to how close that tool will get you to the need set that you need to be. This is the type of exercise that I really recommend people do if they're thinking about working with someone around digital transformation. For example, Gelwix Tech, my company, that's what I do. I do digital transformations for people. And going through this exercise, understanding what are the tools that we have available to us right away, day one, and what the requirements are, take us so much further down the path of doing an effective digital transformation than just saying, hey, we have this tool, make it do everything. Great example. And I'm, I'm going to give you kind of an anecdotal or example of this. Often you get into a conversation around a tool defined to do a particular task and then other tools that are not, but conceptually could. Here's the example. A lot of times I get into a conversation around Todoist and Notion. Todoist is a great task management tool. It is an excellent implementation of it. They've done a great job, very mobile friendly, very web friendly, simple to use, natural language, all kinds of wonderful things. Notion, on the other hand, is not a task management tool, but it can be configured to do task management. It is a low-code, no-code environment to allow you to create customized solutions. So the question becomes, what makes more sense? If I'm going to pay a subscription as a business or as a professional, should I be paying for a dedicated task management tool or a tool that can do task management plus other things. It's a tough conversation to have unless you've done this exercise that I just, just talked about. Because if you've done that exercise, one of the criteria that you can apply is upkeep and maintenance and support. Well, now the conversation is a little different because there isn't very much upkeep and maintenance when it comes to a tool like Todoist because it's designed to do a singular job. Something like Notion, on the other hand, you do require skill sets available from people to be able to go in and create changes in the environment and update your task structures. Things that don't exist on their own, you are responsible for the care and feeding of. That's great. That's powerful. But it also comes with a price tag. And that's what part of that criteria discussion comes into play. So. As you go through and as you start to look at, do we have the tools available to do the jobs we need to do? I'm going to go back to the beginning of the exercise. Step one, the first step is understand what are you actually trying to do? And then look at what you already have to do it. By doing this, you're going to be able to work less and accomplish more because you're not going to be spending your time trying to deploy new technology when you may already have the, the technology at hand to accomplish the work you need to get done. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to listen. If you found this episode useful, please take a moment to like, subscribe, and share this podcast. It's a quick step for you, but it means a lot to us and goes a long way to helping us help others. 
Also, if you have ideas for future episodes or topics you'd like us to explore, drop us a line over at Gelwix Tech so that we can make this podcast even more useful for you. 